Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Threads the Art Exchange Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Aaliyah Brown and Sydney Frakes. So, Aaliyah, what are we talking about in this episode? So, we decided to add um, a new segment um, to each episode, and it's called Artist Spotlight. So, uh, we're going to talk about, we wanted to dedicate some time to talk about why um, this segment is important to us and how we came to the conclusion of adding it, basically. Right. So uh, I'm going to talk about the first artist that we are dedicating the artist spotlight to, and her name is Edmonia Lewis. So she was also known as Wildflower, and she was a sculptor, uh, and she was born in the 1800s. So she experienced a lot of um, racial discrimination, and her art was based on a lot of her experiences and those experiences of people uh, that had similar, well, people that had similar experiences, basically, Mm -hmm. in terms of racism and discrimination. Because she was black and Native American. Yes, Um, So she eventually, after studying in Boston, uh, she was born in New York. She studied in Boston for a bit. And then she actually went to Europe and made a name for herself. Mm. And so through that, she didn't have very much experience um, when she moved. uh, Initially, when she went to Boston, she didn't have very much experience, but she just started working very hard. That got her to Europe and she was able to make a name for herself in Europe. Um, And she was... The first uh, BIPOC artist to um, really tell stories about racism and discrimination in her sculpture. So she she kind of paved the way. And I don't want to necessarily, necessarily say she was the first, but I know that she definitely paved the way for that um, those stories to be depicted in her art. Right, and she um, was a woman too. So she and she was a woman working against. And her. the the field of w- the where she was working, it was dominated by men. So uh-huh. that's another thing. Like, not only was she, uh, her background was it black and Native American, but she was it in, in a domin a male dominated field or craft. So that was another way she paved women for women sculptures. She weighed, she paved a way for women sculptors. And mostly I noticed when I was researching her, she does a lot of or she did a lot of mythological and biblical yes. uh, style sculptures, which um, as a woman, too, I imagine it was even harder because I think when I was researching her, it said that it was really hard for her to come across materials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just being a woman and this just like stateside, too. And then when she made her way over to Europe, she found quite a bit of success over there. Yeah, it wasn't as. <clears throat> it wasn't as difficult, you know, to make a name for herself. Um, so she was more successful in Europe. Uh, she also was the. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with saying we're going to end it with a quote, but I do want to her, some of her work can be found at Howard University Gallery of Art. Um, the Detroit Institute of Art, so the Smithsonian, um, American Art Museum. So she, her art is still around, although a lot of it was lost. But the the main reason that we wanted to mention her is because, um, she was the first Native American, uh, well, we'll say the first Black artist with uh like a Native American heritage. She, she was the first um, sculptor to gain international recognition. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Especially for like 
during the 1800s when all that stuff was going on with racism and just, yeah. you know, being a woman. Um, so she faced a lot. And I, when I was researching did. her, I got the vibe that she liked to control her own narrative. Yes. And she didn't allow other people to define who she was. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really respected about her. And it's disappointing to read that some of her work, um, you know, was lost. And the few things that are out there, um, they're in wonderful museums, of course, but, um, I didn't really hear about her until this year. And mm-hmm. it's a shame because I feel like I would have benefited greatly from hearing about her in other classes that I took during my art history degree or just, um, you know, reading articles about her. And I know she's known for that one Death of Cleopatra sculpture. Yeah, so that yeah, one's yeah. beautiful. It is. Really beautiful. So, I mean, I'm glad that people are now discussing her, but it's a shame that you don't hear about the Edmonia Lewises of the world. Right. Um They do exist. Absolutely. So I'm going to end with a quote from um, Edmonia. It says, it was hard work, though, but with color and sex against me, I have I have achieved success. It is what I tell my people whenever I meet them, that they must not be discouraged, but work ahead until the world is bound to respect them and what they have accomplished. So like you said, she was very adamant about paving the way and working hard and Mm -hmm. not letting anything stop her um, in her endeavors. So that is Ammonia Lewis. So we wanted to just explain why, um, go into further detail about why we decided to add Artist Spotlight. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sydney from... What we talked about, what did you take from the conversation and why we decided to add Artist Spotlight? Based off of my experience mm-hmm. and what um, I've learned over the years, I think there is a perception of what <clears throat> um, art and artists are supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And if it's not cookie cutter, um, that's one thing. But also as far as racial background, too, um, I think think back a lot to my art history classes that I took and it wasn't until I took a contemporary art class that I actually saw people that looked like me. Um, In other words, I saw um, for the first time non-white artists and it was a shame that I had to wait up until um, as far as art period or styles go up until like the 20th century to be exposed to that even though I knew that we existed prior to that. Um, It made me wonder why I didn't learn about that during um, like a renaissance class Mm. or um, trying to think back to like earlier style classes that I took. But it was just um, disappointing. And I, of course, did see artists that looked like me. And there was one in particular that I saw that looked um, like me and had had a similar background and story. So that really resonated with me. But um, it got me thinking, like, why aren't we all? It's, like, very similar to history, I guess. Like, it's, like, the hidden history that people don't want you to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of echoes today with um, what, what's going on right now. So um, this artist spotlight, I think, is incredibly important because we're spotlighting artists that were not given their flowers and appreciated when they were alive or currently as well because we're not just um, spotlighting artists that might be deceased but also who are alive as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So it's important to just further promote um, a diverse range of artists from different backgrounds and celebrate them and what they have to contribute. And we talked about like token artists as well. Yes. So people know about um, the Basquiat's of the world and, you know, the Diego Rivera. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of 
artists, there was one article I was reading and it was talking about um, the hidden history of graphic design. And basically um, the, some of the technology for graphic design was first created in China. I did not know that. Yeah. And um, Bai Xing, I think is the, the graphic designer's name that, um, that that was a person that created the first printing technology, mm-hmm. but it wasn't acknowledged. Right. You know, like printing kind of came to the Western world and it was utilized, but that his machine wasn't necessarily utilized initially, but it also wasn't given, you know, nobody even know, knew that he did it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like understanding that is also, you know, it's a big deal when, BIPOC artists are paving the way for certain things and, and you never just don't know it. Yeah. Just like Ammonia, like she was the first uh, BIPOC really sculptor to get international recognition, mm. especially as a woman. Right. And so we don't, we don't hear about these things or we don't see them in the history books. No. And these are innovators, what they are. It's like when yeah. you're learning for me, um, you learn about black inventors and you didn't know like someone created this or that. And then you find out their background and you're like, why wasn't that discussed? Why isn't that being talked about? You know, it's like you have to seek knowledge in this regard and it should be talked about constantly in my opinion. I agree. It definitely should. So again, it's just, I, I don't know. I've, it's like a I, cherry picking. That's what I yeah, noticed. Like society likes to cherry pick safe choices when it comes to for art because that's the field that we're working in Mm -hmm. and just safe choices um and then we're only allowed a certain amount of people like a quota a little bit like Mm -hmm. you're only allowed to see certain um people in your community and there's no room for anyone else and that's uh i think it's really frustrating because there's a lot of artists of color that are not given the recognition that they deserve that's and that's one of the main reasons we're doing our podcast is for artists to be able to get exposure and for like the community element of being a part of the art world. And so if you're somebody that just is like, you know, uh, art history buff, then it would make sense. But I feel like having this segment and people kind of, you know, I always say, like, do some your do research after this. Or if Mm -hmm. you like something we talked about, do some research. Like, I think that's what we want to do. We want to create curious minds and also uh, create community. And uh, it's more there are I know that you were talking about at one point how uh, BIPOC artists are getting more recognition in terms of exhibitions and being um, represented by galleries. Yeah. With museums. Um, But it's now I'm. In my opinion, I think it's trendy, mm-hmm. and this is where I've talked. I've had other conversations with other artists about this, and um, we were always here before, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you see this um, sudden shift to now represent and work with artists of color because it's, um, like I said, trendy, and we're not a trend. You know, we've always been here, and yeah. you have to wonder <laughs> the you question the authenticity behind that yeah you know what i mean like is this really genuine do you really respect my culture and my background Mm -hmm. um because recently like over the last couple of years you've seen 
um, galleries and museums being called out for their racism and their elitism. Mm. And now all of a sudden you're seeing this sudden shift and you have to question, um, you know, how authentic is this? And it's unfortunate to say that it's like great for the opportunity, but, um, but when people that look like me walk through the doors and they want to patronize your establishment, how do you treat them? Yeah. You know? So I think you have to wonder how is this going to look from a historical perspective in so many years, you know, are we going to look back and say, thank God for this shift and you're seeing more, um, BIPOC artists or, um, will it be like a double-edged sword? Like they're in these spaces or exhibiting in these, um, places, but there's still that level of discrimination when, um, people that look like them walk through the door. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And a lot of, I feel like too, a reason why a lot of the artists that pave the way are not really put on display is because they didn't necessarily follow the rules. Yes. And so when you do research and you read and, you know, it's like, wow, they really just did what they kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't, there were no boundaries and they, they were upfront about if, if you unravel the history then it's like, oh, those things were really happening. Right. And so some of that history, a lot of that history is in their art. And so if we don't know about it, then we don't know the history. Yep. And then we could learn things that, you know, are the opposite of what they're depicting in their art. So I think that's another reason why a lot of artists, like if they tell certain stories, it's like, oh, no, that's not we a can't. We can't do yeah, that. Yeah, we can't yeah. do that. And so that's another you learn history through a lot of, you know, their art. And I I'm just discovering that myself, like, why, you know, and I'm because I'm thinking I know that some artists do do that. They you know, they some artists, they just create whatever they want and it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with history. But then when you start to unravel that, it makes you think mm-hmm. like, what? Whoa, you yeah. know, like I did not I didn't know that. And then you, it, it can turn into a rabbit hole. But I yeah. think a productive rabbit hole of just learning, especially when it has to do, you know, with your maybe your background and your history mm-hmm. um, as an African-American, you right. know. And so uh, that's a big thing. That's a huge thing of unraveling that history and what it can mean for you. And I think some artists, their work is politically driven, socially yeah. driven, mm-hmm. historically driven. And to me, that's the type of art that I really resonate with personally. But um, I think you made a good point is when it doesn't fit into a certain narrative, it's, mm-hmm. it's shoot away. It's, oh, no, no, we can't have that at all. We got to, you got to distract to do something else. And that kind of echoes on what's happening with history. You know, what you see with like the critical race theory debate mm-hmm. that's been going on for yeah quite some time and that also can spill over to art in my opinion it can. so yeah um, i really do like that we're opening up our episodes in the future with this yeah. because i'm learning about a lot of artists that i did not um have background knowledge on yeah so this is just like further research for me and this is not just from like a professional perspective with this podcast this is personal as well because i did not see a lot of artists of color while studying art history Mm -hmm. and sometimes you were the subjects of paintings but the subjects Mm. were not flattering at all like you know seeing uh, particularly african americans in certain roles and they were deeply offensive and really racist so Mm. um now it's good to see this narrative that shifts and it's always been there but it's just a shame that we have to seek it out and it's not readily available in art history books that's the thing that's really frustrating and i you, you you can't really form a connection with 
artist or art that doesn't look like you or have a similar background, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's personal as mm-hmm. well. That's how I, that's part of the reason how I look at art is that it is a personal thing as well. It's, it's not true. just something to look pretty. Yeah. You know? It can be personal. And so I think when you go to the typical museum, like we talked about, we are not represented um, enough. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just important to have those avenues, whether it's a podcast, it's a video have those avenues and be able to learn a little bit more about artists you may not know about. So I did want to share um, this. It's a little long, but I think it's worth uh, mentioning. It's a, a quote from the design museum foundation, um, their website. And it says BIPOC women and LGBTQ plus people have always been a part and made notable strides in the art and design communities. Yet their history has tended not to be publicly recognized. Often their voices are not heard or they do not get the proper access to physical resources, which we talked about uh, positions, safe places to work comfort comfortably um, or education that they need to reach their fullest potential and become more recognizable in the public. And so that, I think that sums it up. This sounds like why we're just, doing the yeah, spotlight. Like very well. They just, they don't, they haven't been recognized and we just wanted to shed light on that. So that'll be our, um, our structure at the beginning of each episode. Like I said, in the beginning, Going forward, um, yeah. yeah, it's still the first one was, we're, you know, I'm still figuring it out. Uh, we are still figuring out how we necessarily want to re- represent the artists, but we're going to do our best and do our due d- diligence when it comes to research so that, um, you know, you and guys limit them to like these fun facts because we're, yeah. we're not an afterthought is what it is. Yeah. So. so really, like I said, do our due, di- due diligence in terms of research that so that we feel that we are providing, you know, good, a good background Mm -hmm. of who the artist is and capturing their art as best as we can through a podcast. Um, So thank you for listening. This was a shorter um, episode. We just wanted to, you know, be transparent about the new segment. uh, So it wouldn't be like, Oh, where did this come from? (laughs) It's called artist spotlight and it'll be the first um, few minutes of each episode, we're looking forward to doing many more. Educating um, people and... Yes. Yeah, Thank you for sticking with us through the first one. Um, and I hope, we hope that you enjoy the ones that are to come. Sydney, what does Dory tell us? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Bye, guys. Bye.